Hi, I'm Maggie Hackett. And I'm Mary Frances Galandri. And you're listening to Between, Between the, the Bookends, which is a weekly podcast series about two writers and their experiences. This week's topic is dialogue. So I guess we can talk about um, the differences between um, dialogue and non-dialogue parts first. So... What do you usually start off with? Like, say you're opening a chapter, do you usually start off with showing a scene, or do you start off with dialogue? Depends on the scene. I a lot of times like to start with dialogue because it gets you right into the action. But I also have started with description depending on the depending on the scene. I think it depends on what voice you're in in character sometimes. But I also think it depends on the type of scene you're going to. A mood. A mood. If it's a slower scene, sometimes description might be better. If you're jumping into a high action scene, dialogue might be better. Yeah, that's a great point. Because I'm thinking, um, say you're you're kind of building suspense. You might use more um, description than dialogue. So dialogue definitely can um, put you more into the present moment, I suppose. Whereas... Um, Regular description is kind of more like you're just a viewer. You're observing until, you know, someone talks and then it's like you're there. Um, however, description can be, you know, more engaging too. It just depends on how it's done, I think. Yeah, it really does depend on the um, type of scene I think you're building. But um, that's usually my take on opening a chapter. It usually depends on the type. Sometimes I do open with dialogue. Yeah, for me, I don't know. Usually it kind of depends. I really like ending with dialogue. Because mm-hmm. then it's oh, kind of like the conversation hasn't really ended yet. And you're like, where is this going? Because I feel like that, that leads suspense um, into the next chapter. And then it'll make people want to keep reading and going on to it. I agree with that. I do like ending with dialogue, especially like bombshell dialogue. The mm-hmm. best. I love when you're just like, oh crap, what just happened? Yeah. That's the best kind of dialogue. It just scares the living crap out of you. You're just like, oh my gosh. And it's always funny too, like when there's there's dialogue, um, say at the end of a chapter, and then at the beginning of the next chapter, you'd be like, wow, that totally wasn't even what I thought it was going to happen. No. So it's funny when they kind of mess with you like that just to get you to read on. But um, Absolutely. I think that's a, a good tool, definitely, to build suspense and build interest. What would you say most of your books are? Are they, are they a lot of dialogue? Are they dialogue heavy or description heavy? Um, I would say actually probably more description heavy, but... This new book I'm working on is more dialogue heavy. I mean, usually there's there's a pretty decent balance between them both, but I think um, some chapters are more dialogue heavy than others. Like if something is very like social of an event, then um, more more characters are involved, then it'll be more dialogue heavy. However, if it's um, just like one person um, you're focusing on as a character, then it'll be more descriptive heavy, almost like they're in their head, and sometimes you get some thought dialogue. And I think that's true, particularly when you're writing in a perspective, you get a lot more of that. Um, I'm always dialogue heavy, I, I just prefer dialogue, because to me, I don't know, I I like, I don't know, I just like always liked the, con- I always like conversation, I like listening to what people have to say when they talk and how they um, communicate, 
But I found in my new book, I have to do a lot of observing from through the character's eyes, so I have to use a lot of description. So I've had to be a little more description happy. And then, but I'm also using, um, I'm using a pretty steady mix in this book. Also, I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to even it out a little bit with this book, because this book really reflects the need for some of those, for both of those, because it's in a lot of first person. Definitely. I think, um, going back to the, the action part of dialogue, um, I think with description, um, you can also be very action oriented if, say, your main character is someone who's doing something like that's very, um, action oriented oriented at the moment, um, very, uh, you know, high impact and, uh, fast paced. You can also do that with description by, uh, using strong verbs and, um, shorter sentences also can, um, make it seem as if you're going faster, faster. pick up the pace a little bit. Shorter, clippier words. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with that. Um, and one tip I want to give about dialogue is that don't make your dialogue too, like, boring, basic, flowery. <laughs> I mean, yeah. some of the, I mean, I've noticed in a lot of the tips I've read about uh, dialogue is the one thing is you're supposed to make an ordinary conversation extraordinary. So you're supposed to take out a lot of the stupid pleasantries we use in, in common language and just kind of get to the point of what the characters are going to say. If you notice in a lot of books, there's not a lot of ums and uhs like we yeah. do in a lot of incorrect sentence structure. These characters speak like perfect English a lot of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, nobody really does that. But it's a lot easier to read. Yeah. So I think that's a good element to remember is just to kind of be, um, clip out the, the, the stuff. The unnecessary have. stuff. Because I feel like sometimes dialogue, I mean, I've had to do that with my dialogue because I have the tendency to add a lot of dialogue in my story, like a lot, like pages and pages. And it's not really useful. It's not useful. It's like, it's like, oh, it's stuff I like to know about the characters. It's not necessarily stuff the audience likes to know about the characters. Yeah, that's true. I think dialogue does have to be kind of audience-focused. Like, what do they actually want to hear? Um, are they really going to care about, you know, what they ate for dinner? Or Unless it's like, pertains to the story, but, um, you know, think about what the readers are going to care about. and Exactly true. What you're going to add to it. I mean, or if it's like a humorous kind of thing that you're trying to throw in there. Just, just make, basically make it make sense. <laughs> humor's hard in books, I found. Like, in dialogue, humor's mm-hmm. really hard. Yeah, it is. I don't know how people do it so, like, seamlessly, because I, I can't... I try to write things that are funny, and then, like, oh, that wasn't really that funny. It's almost like through text. It's harder um, to show without actually being there to express it with facial expressions. Um, it Through words, how to, you know, make something funny. <laughs> Right. So it's it's very interesting. I definitely applaud people who can do humor in novels. <laughs> I do too. And even just, I mean, it's just easy. It's hard to translate that stuff to a page. And dialogue reflects, um, a lot of things about dialogue reflect your character. I think, for example, when you, um, you have the descriptors typically that go before a sentence or a, you know, paragraph that a character says, you're finding out how they talk. Mm-hmm. It's also a really good place to put description of like a character's like. Anything really. That's kind of how more how I give exposition to my characters is a lot of through their dialogue. Yeah. That's um, but you can find out where they're from. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing a character. Makes right sense. <laughs> yes, you're right now. I'm writing a character who's from Oklahoma, so he's going to be a little more twangy. 
<laughs> and then um, in the following book, I'm going to write a character who's Irish, so he's obviously going, his English is going to be a lot different than American English. He's going to be a tad more formal. So, and also, they enunciate a lot differently, so. You also got to um, put into mind when you're doing somebody from a different um, culture or background that uh, they're, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh, shoot, I just had a major forgetting. Um, you want to put into perspective, um, okay, we're going to have to go back to that because I cannot remember what I was just going to say. Well, something about people from a different culture, but. Right. Um, then we were talking about accents and then we were talking about, okay, I can't remember. <laughs> That's really bad. We were just talking about my memory today. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, definitely, anyway. <laughs> I think you, you have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. You don't want to overdo it, because I've noticed Scottish romance is really popular right now, and I actually really don't like that genre, mainly because I feel like in the dialogue, they over-enunciate the way I, um, Scottish people talk. Like, mm. you could just say in a Scottish accent, because it's very hard for me to read mm. when they try to um, write it like it sounds. It's very difficult for me. I just remembered what I was going to say. Um, the slang of a culture is also, you can incorporate that into dialogue. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, that gives away kind of like age too. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps if you have somebody from a different um, decade using certain <laughs> slang words that were used back then, um, the younger generation in your books might be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I have that in my book right now. Like, my, my one character, he's obviously, he's like a young adult in like the 60s and 70s, and he's going to probably say groovy a lot, and that's probably not going <laughs> to fly with his kids. That's They'll funny. be like, Dad, you're sold. Um, yeah, culture, is that, culture and, you know, age are definitely things to be reflected in your dialogue. Um, I mean, there's a I mean. Also, the way what what people don't say in dialogue is very important to your mm, story. Yeah. Especially if you have internal and external dialogue, which is another key thing. Internal dialogue is obviously if you have a um, first person character, you are hearing them talk to themselves or talk to you as the as the reader, and then external is between other characters. So. Mm -hmm seeing what characters say to you and to themselves and what they won't say to other characters is a very interesting mix. And it's usually what makes for a good story. I think so, too. That's usually what starts to make the story, in fact. What type of um, internal dialogue, like, how do you structure it? When I use internal dialogue, I usually do, like, thoughts, and I usually put it in um, italics. Like, how do you do Depends that? on it. Dep well, not usually in a book that's first person. Hmm. It, I used to do that more in um, third person. I don't do that in first person because it's, the whole thing is their thoughts. Oh, mainly. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I would have done that if I had written third, third person. What I've been doing is um, for like first person, I'll do a direct thought in um, italics and then like the rest of the... I guess the thoughts and the descriptions in first person are just regular text. Um, but I guess everybody just has to figure out their own way and what works for them. Yeah, I do um, what I do. The only things I usually do in italics are um, previous events that haven't that they're thinking about. Oh, yeah, I've done that too. Like flat flashbacks. Yeah. I know I just did that in the book I was recently getting ready for release. 
I was looking back and there was a whole scene I had um, that was written in italics that um, that reflected a scene that had happened the previous night. So I know that um, that's usually what I do with that stuff. And that's a good thing, I think, to play around with. Um, just how you kind of structure your text. Um, you know, spacing is important with dialogue, especially. Um, do you want it to be like a super long paragraph of dialogue or do you want to break it up in a little shorter dialogue burst? Or is there a conversation in which you're going to have to, you know, switch off dialogue? Please, please, please remember that every time a new character starts speaking, you start a new paragraph. <laughs> it's a problem we still see in college when people are writing college papers. They do not understand. You need to separate it every time you have a new speaker. Mm -hmm. And so it can get really confusing. It can get super confusing depending on how many people are talking. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, who the hell is talking? Yep. Also, I think another good thing to know is if you're going to have a longer block of text from a character, dialogue, if the thought changes from the character, separate it into another paragraph, but just um, don't end the last paragraph with quotes. That way, it just start up with the quotes again in the next paragraph. That way, it indicates that that character's still talking. Mm -hmm. I've had to do that. Some of my characters give long rants, and you have to kind of break up those long rants with something. I also think um, the the association with who said what is especially important, like we were talking about, um, with a lot of characters involved. Or even if there's just two, like, every now and then just throw in a Tag. He, he said, she said kind of thing, or so-and-so said this, blah, 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 or, you know, be fancy with your words, exclaimed, or whatever you want to use. Um, <laughs> a tag. A yeah, some kind of a dialogue tag. tag. Yep. Yeah, I used to have a whole list um, from high school of dialogue tags, but then people told me not to use them. They told me to just use he said, she said, but I'm like, that's kind of boring. Yeah. Like, let's spice it up. I think so, too. Like, I, especially if you use a lot of dialogue, you kind of want to make it more interesting. And it also gives an insight. It shows more than tells if you use a more descriptive word, I think. Well, that's kind of what you want to be doing when you're writing. You, you want to show. You don't want to be said blankly. Mm -hmm. I don't like at using the L-Y. I would just rather explain how they said it in one word rather than do an L-Y descriptor on said. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I think you could use that, like, sometimes. Yeah. I think it just depends on it just who makes the it character more is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's the other thing, too, is the... Uh, it's so important to be act use the active voice when um, writing dialogue. <laughs> People still don't know how to use active yeah. active voice in anything. It is tricky. It's that. tricky. It's just figure it out. <laughs> like it's just something that'll have to be that has to be honed definitely. But dialogue is a hard dialogue is a fine art. I think dialogue, good dialogue. Yeah, it also builds um personality too. Mm -hmm. Like well, we were kind of talking about that earlier, but I guess if you go more into detail, um, you know how it can uh, basically just reveal, you know, is this person introverted, extroverted? Um, you know who their friends are. You know, obviously, your dialogue kind of reflects your friends' dialogue sometimes. Um, they play off of each other like that. And let's face it, dialogue holds the biggest secrets of your story. Mm-hmm. Because stories usually involve secrets. Mm-hmm. 
and people have to tell secrets eventually. I mean, how else would we have found out about any of the things in our books except without dialogue? We wouldn't have most of them. Yeah, that's true. Unless it was like catching you in the act of something. <laughs> true. <laughs> but uh, but no yeah. matter what, it's talked about mm-hmm. and it reveals something. I'm thinking of a scene in um, a book called Reflected in You by Sylvia Day, and I'm thinking of the scene where um, a character reveals he was uh, molested. And we would have never known that if he hadn't said it because he never told anybody. And he, you know, that language that he specifically shows is um, something that sticks in your mind because it's so blatant and kind of ugly, and it's just something that just you don't forget. So I think it's when you when you're using a certain type of um, when you're trying to do a certain type of scene, look at what kind of dialogue you're using that see what can have the most um, sounds bad but the most punch because that seems it has a lot of punch to it. I felt like it punched me in the gut. Now I won't forget it. So if you're trying to have an impact on your readers, definitely look into that. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. Well, dialogue is just dialogue. Dialogue's hard. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, Maggie, what would tips would you give for dialogue? I guess, um, take a look at what kind of scene you're writing. Um, you know, is it fast-paced? Is it, you know, slower? Are you trying to build suspense? How are you trying to open and close it? Um, take all those things into consideration before you start writing, because um, that'll help uh, your story flow a lot better, and um, just keep everything more organized, I feel like, and uh, enhance your story and make it easier to follow, having some kind of guidelines in your mind before you start writing. And I would also say, uh, make sure you're picking dialogue that reflects your scenes and uh, gives a little punch to your scenes and a lot of uh, feeling. Those would be my, that'd be my best tip. Oh, also, um, take into mind your character's personality, too. Don't do something that doesn't sound like that's out of character. That's right. That's annoying. Mm -hmm. That's annoying. Don't do out of character. And make sure you're sticking. um, Oh, here's a good one. Make sure you're sticking with uh, time period norms. If you're writing a book set back in time, make sure you're not writing modern dialogue in 1780. (laughs) I would be very. It's very distracting to a reader. So make sure you're being authentic with your dialogue. Those would be my top. Be as authentic as possible. As humanly possible, because obviously we you didn't can, live back then. You can give a little, but not mm-hmm. ridiculously. Yeah. I don't want you saying, "Y'all, what's up?" Yeah. <laughs> In 1780, and that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Now you're you still reading? Yep. 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 Don't worry, I'm God, still. I'm like getting to the climax of it, and I I'm just wanted to. Ugh. I'm still reading one with you. It's okay. I and I I did not think it would take me like over two weeks to read this book, but because I love it and it's so good, but I'm just. The thing is, the one thing I have to say with the book, I'm 85% of the way through the book because the books gave give percentages in Kindle. I don't know how they're going to wrap up Gideon and Ava's story in another 15% of the book. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about that. Like, I, I just don't want it to be rushed. Yeah. And I, because I, I love those characters, so I'm kind of concerned about that. But, I mean, so far it's been a very interesting book. Yeah, that would be interesting. Although I'm kind of sad. I don't think they're going to have kids in the book. And I was kind of hoping it would end with something with them having children because I think that would be an ultimate barrier breaker for him. But we'll see. I'm hoping by the by next week's episode I'll have it finished and be able to tell you all if I liked it or not. So next week, 
Maggie and I will be covering the writing process, mm-hmm. which will include actual writing, drafting, editing, and all that it comes with that. <laughs> the whole big shebang. Yeah. So thank you for joining us again this week. It was a little bit of a short episode, but I think that's okay. Dialogue is very relative and very very dependent on the writer. Mm-hmm. So until next week, you'll, you'll find, find us between, between the bookends. bookends.